Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. I can't. I can't with this guy. I can't. I can't. 
he's not he's not the Joker, he's not the Riddler. It's just it's just serious, you know. The serious. But uh, the serious. listen, serious. I, I, listen, it's been man, as you both were saying, it's been it's been quite a week. You got a little bit of a. We've had a little bit of a break on the uh, on the on the court um, and our on our actual standings. We got some time to watch, like I said, this All Stars show out in uh, in Cleveland and fitting. I mean, we're not really. I don't think very. Yeah, I think you would agree. Not a whole lot to cover in terms of the All Star game, um, but we did. You know, we also got a chance to see the star the uh, the shooting competition, skills competition, and the uh, the greatest slam dunk contest of all time. I'm sure. Uh, I think Vince Carter's worst dunk in 2000 was better than the best dunk this weekend. It was uh, not great, um, but it happened, and we're going to move on. I, I, guys, just real quick, did you guys have any uh, – serious, I want to start with you. Did you have any comments that you wanted to make on the, the festivities of the weekend, or are you just kind of already over it? You know, honestly, man, the, the only thing I'm, I'm going to speak about, it was cool to see – a big guy, you know, go out there and, and, and win the three-point contest. You know, the evolution uh, of the big man has literally come full circle. You know, back in yesteryears when, you know, a lot of the, the 75 greatest players were playing, you know, big guys were in the paint dominating, and, you know, that that's where they stood. Now you got cats like, you know, cat, you know, out there winning three-point contests, you know, the international aspect of the game has evolved with a, a good portion of international representation uh, in the All-Star game during the festivities. And obviously, we can't miss an All-Star game without mentioning Steph Curry and doing what he does um, in his hometown, man. That, that was spectacular to watch. Um, and, and the fact, the way that the game ended, you know, it's sitting – you know, right. LeBron James ended it the way it did. I mean, I, 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 I'm a fan of the game itself. You know, now that, you know, I understand it's, you know, it, it, it's for the fans, and I am a fan, so I enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, watching the dunks and the guys kind of express themselves and get out there and have fun and do the sideline interviews and things of that nature, and just watching stars be stars. You know, at the end of the day, you know, that, that Sunday game, what was the opportunity for the stars to be stars? Um, money was raised for charity and um, everything. So I, 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 I was cool with the, the Sunday product. Um, I did like uh, the change to the skills competition. I think I was talking with you guys off air um, in our group thread about the change of uh, the skills competition. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, they needed to do something with the dunk contest, but I, I don't think they're going to get rid of it. You know, per se. And I mean, I saw I saw a tweet that said Greg Anthony's son uh, spent more time putting on Timberlands than he did putting buckets <laughs> in the hole on his dunks. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, man, it, 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 it was good, it was bad, but you know, we got Dan to talk about it, we got some stuff to handle uh, as this thing tips off tonight, man. So let's get to work. Yeah, no, I I, I do agree. I I like where they're going with the. Uh, with the change in the skills format, which is, you know, the four-round competition, which had uh, the shooting, the passing, the relay, and then, of course, the half-court shot. Uh, Barry, though, I just wanted to get uh, your take on the uh, the way the weekend went down. Um, I know you're a, a big fan of All-Star Games and the opportunity is the, uh, the best showcase. So, so what did you think? I did not watch the All-Star game. It sucked when I started watching it. Um, I, I'm tired of the no defense, the standing around, letting guys get to the hole, nobody near anybody when they shoot a three. It's ridiculous. It's like, you know, it's just an exhibition. Not even an exhibition. It's like it's like a shoot-around. It's ridiculous. But um, So I won't comment on the game. I don't care if Steph Curry had 16 threes. Who cares? Like, nobody – he, it, it, it was practice. Like, nobody was there. It was, just happened to be people. If I bought tickets to go see that All-Star game, I'd be pissed off because of what I saw. But, I mean, the skills competition, I agree with Sirius. I thought it was a nice little wrinkle. I think they could kind of fix the teams that they put together. Um, Giannis, the Giannis brothers, I mean, I mean, some cool. of them, they just couldn't even. They, yeah, but they just couldn't do anything together. Like, no shooters. It was ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think if they get some more creative teams, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, you know, I think probably, you know, incorporating the WNBA players, maybe some D-League players or something like oh. that, or, you know, it would be pretty cool. So, 
I think they can figure out ways to do it, get some more people in it. Um, the dunk contest, I kind of like what Stephen A. Swift has kind of threw out there with the dunk contest. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, if you don't get stars to do it, you got to figure out a different way to get it done because it was the slam dunk attempt contest. It wasn't the slam dunk contest. It was pretty pathetic. Um, it, yeah. So from that perspective, I, I think you can you can probably I mean like what 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 they've been saying. Stephen A's kind of been pushing the last couple of days because you know he wants to kind of get his idea heard with you know getting some amateurs and get them sponsored and have a, a tournament leading up to All Star weekend, which would be pretty cool. So um, I think, you know, listen, I think the problem is LeBron never did it, so these guys don't feel like they have to do it. A lot of stars that should be doing the dunk contest don't do it. They don't do it. Um, So that's been probably the big problem. Like, you know, from our day, Jordan did it, Kobe did it, uh, Vince Carter did it. These guys just don't feel like they have to do it. So, um, But the the thing that kind of, I, I think, pulled out the most from the All-Star Weekend was the 70, 75 anniversary team. Um, it was good to see the legends out there. Um, you know, some new guys. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I think Tracy McGrady should have been there over him. But, um, you know, it was good to see, like, Jordan out there, Kareem, one of the greats of all time. A lot of great players out there, um, you know. But one of the guys that didn't show up was Scottie Pippen. Had the balls to sell his book and, and trash Jordan, but didn't show up to the seventy fifteen yeah, right. typical, uh, typical Scottie Pippen number two. Um, and then, like, I think the other good thing that I took away from was the picture of seeing uh, Ray Allen, Kevin Darnett, and Paul Pierce together. Um, finally yeah, burying that little, yeah, finally burying that stupid little beef and, and really kind of just coming together um, and hearing Ray Allen talk about it um, too. So it, it was good to see that picture. Those guys really deserve to, you know, mend the fences. They're grown. They're, you know, they're too old, they're too old for this crap. You know what I mean? So it was good yeah. to see them in the picture together. So um, that's what I really kind of liked most about the All-Star game was the 75 team because, a lot of legends, and then, you know, like ESPN coming out with their top ten of all time. So, um, you know, which, which we've done at nauseam, right, Serious, We've talked about it way too many times, but it's always always fun to argue about. But, um, you know, the 75 team, is, is, is it was fun to see, like the, the 50 anniversary team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. I mean, I'm a big nostalgia guy, and, and it's always interesting to see these things, you know, every five, ten years, teams of the decades are all-time teams. But I think one thing that made it really awesome uh, at this particular All-Star game was actually physically having the guys there. I mean, you know, he even had Jordan calling people out. I mean, classic Jordan. I mean, just he, he was, oh, yeah. if there was nobody if there was nobody around and he could challenge the floor to a dribbling contest, he would. You know what I mean? He's just that kind of guy. And I think mm-hmm. just having him him there brings just, you know, brought a certain air of uh, legitimacy to the event. Not like it would have been illegitimate if he wasn't there, but I'm I'm kind of drawing that parallel between what you said about LeBron and not being in the dunk contest. Sometimes just showing up counts for so much. And, and it, and it was, uh, I think it was a, a great thing for the league to have that um, real quick, just my last comment on the skills challenge. And, and I, I have to admit, Barry, you, you, said, you know, having like WNBA stars in there was great. You brought up what Stephen A has been talking about, bringing in, uh, making it more entertaining, right? I've always, I don't know about you guys, I would, when when YouTube really first started to be a thing, man, I would love watching those and one dunk guys. Like that stuff was awesome, right? Those guys could fly and, and they would do stuff that was original and unique. And I don't think um, I don't, I personally wouldn't have a problem having, you know, some type of dunk exhibition, I mean, or, or, you know, have the, something like, you know, the Globetrotters put on some type of show. I mean, it's, a, it's the point of the dunk contest is no longer who's the best dunker. We, you know, I think we can, we can kind of put that aside. It's just who can entertain the fans the most by doing crazy stuff to get the ball in the hoop. I mean, it's a TikTok generation now, right? That's, that's what the kids want to see. That's what they want to put. The people who are in the stands, you know, Barry, you talk about if I was in the stands for, uh, for the All-Star game, I'd be pissed. Well, if you're, if you're trying to get to the right audience, I mean, you want to get put something out there that the, that the kids can put out on social media. And it's just, God, it feels so dirty saying that because I don't like it personally. 
but it's what sells, and that's what they got to do. Um, and you also have to keep in mind, I mean, the, the kids who are out there playing, except for LeBron, but, uh, you know, like the kids who are out there playing, that's what they, they want to be. Um, so that's kind of my take, but just a quick recap on that one, on the actual game itself, team LeBron did win the game 160 to six, 163 to 60 on a last second shot by LeBron in Cleveland. And I do think that was, was really cool. Um, but then again, I'm a LeBron guy. So that I think puts a wrap and a nice little bow on the first half of the season. Um, you know, putting half an air quotes here for uh, all the zero people who can see me. But I want to ask you guys the most, the, the single biggest impact player, individual player in the first half of the season, because it didn't feel to me like there was a, there was a, like a Steph Curry, there are some years or, or Durant really wasn't a guy who totally stood out the first half of the year. Certainly not LeBron. Um, you know, I think I, I'd love to hear from, from each of you. Um, bear, you know, villain. Who who do you think was the uh, the hero of the first half of the season? And and I would say you can feel free to give me two answers. Tell me who's the best, the, just the best outright most talented guy, but also the one who meant the most to their team. Like if he goes down with an injury, you're toast. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's probably a couple of guys. I think early on, Steph Curry had had the league captivated, but I think right now, um, I'm looking at Demar Derozan. Um, I think he was a guy in the off season that a lot of teams tried to say, eh, I don't really think we want that guy because he doesn't shoot the three enough or, you know, what have you. And he had, you know, kind of a little bit of a down period, not as much of a down period, but, you know, not as good as he had in Sacramento, in San Antonio that he did in uh, Toronto. Um, but he's been lights out this year. Um, he's a legit MVP candidate, and especially with uh, Levine going down for a little bit, he's been carrying that Bulls team. And um, Ball, too, right? Uh, Lonzo Ball's been hurt for the season. So um, DeMar DeRozan has been putting in work um, for a good Bulls team. I mean, like I said, Curry has been playing well. Uh, Joel Embiid's really lifted that Sixer team. Uh, John Morant is the, the, the hot I guess, you know, the, the, the flashy guy of the minute. But, I mean, I'm looking at DeMar DeRozan as a guy that I'm really impressed with this year so far. That, that's a, Yeah, I, I love the DeMar DeRozan call out there, um, keep, really keeping the Bulls together. What about you, uh, Sirius? Who you, who you tagging as your, as your MVP for the first uh, part of the season? You know what, gentlemen? I, I like the DeMar DeRozan pick, but for me, it's John Moran. It's not even close. You know, this is a guy who single-handedly has put the Memphis Grizzlies back on the map. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies haven't been this relevant uh, since, you know, Zach Randolph and Mike Conley were there doing their thing. Um, and, you know, hey, he, he, he is box office. Um, so for me, no disrespect to, you know, Joel and B, no disrespect to, to DeRozan, all deserving. Obviously, Steph and LeBron are in the conversation every year, but for me, it's John Morant and Dale. Um And those other two, those other names can kind of pull up, pull up the rear of you. Yeah, it feels like uh, John Morant has taken that franchise to the next level, but just his individual play has been um, – just next level. Um, now, I, you know, I, we always look back at these uh, these MVP or, or who do you think was the rookie of the year or those types of things. But I want to ask kind of a different type of question. Uh, Sirius, I want to go back to you. Who do you think has the most momentum right now in terms of where their season is going? And I feel like John Morant's a good answer, but, uh, you know, or, or even um, – I, even DeRozan, but I just I want to know what you guys think. Who's going to be the guy that's going to carry their team for the second half? You know what? The answer might shock you, um, but I believe the answer is Jason Tatum in the Boston Celtics. Um, because mm. for me, you know, what they were able been able to do, um, this was a team that started out very, very slow. Um, and they've caught fire, and they've won, I think, you know, eight out of the last nine or something like that. So, for me, mm. again, Jaws going to be flashy. Jaws cool. 
obviously when when KD gets back, he you know he can get a lot of accolades. But for me, I think Jason Tatum's going right now in Boston. Watch out for them Celtics now. Wow, that's a that's a great answer. I, I boy, I, I'm really curious to hear Barry what you come up with on that one. Yeah, I mean that's a great pick. Um, you know, I think it's I don't know if it's quietly, but definitely um, low key. The, the the Celtics have been playing some much better basketball. They're blowing out um, Brooklyn right now in Brooklyn. I mean, obviously without their big yeah. three, but. Um, you know, they've been playing they, – they've won um, – before they had uh, lost a game into the break, they had won like nine straight, right? Um, I think there was a bad loss they had coming in. I think right now, though, I'm looking at um, – I, I just love what, what's what been going on in Philadelphia, not with, with James Harden, but I think Joel Embiid just carrying that team, right? I think he's the guy the last 23, 24 games of the season – that can really lift that team. They're the three seed right now. Um, you know, he's an MVP candidate. I think probably if you had to vote, I mean, I like DeRozan. I like John Morant, but I think if you look at it, um, Embiid's the MVP candidate, you know, almost 30 points a game. Um, you know, he, he's just, he's just doing work. He's putting in, a, putting in work for the, for the Sixers. That team was almost not going to make the playoffs. They were, you know, below or sub 500 team. He's got them playing some really good basketball right now. Like I said, 29.6 points a game, over 11 boards a game, almost five assists a game. Um, you know, he's healthy. He, it's his team. He's taken on that mantle of it being his team. Um, I, I really think – I think Embiid's going to be that guy. Yeah, he took my answer. Um, I was going to say Embiid as well. Uh, and, and I Villain. Think, uh, and I think uh, the the thing that's really good for the Sixers is it uh, is is that Embiid and Harden styles they they line up really well and not just somewhere to how um, um, Ben Simmons is going to fit in with the Nets but we're talking about Joel Embiid here so I think I think scarily enough um, Embiid is is I think he's the guy I think he's only going to get better and he is absolutely the type of player. I mean, if, if you look at MVP odds right now, um, and, and if you look at a guy like a Jokic, I don't see anybody around him who's going to do anything different. I don't see anybody around a Tepetokounmpo who's going to do anything different, or John Moran. I do see DeMar DeRozan benefiting from some of the guys coming back and Devin Booker benefiting from CP3. I'm actually really curious to see how Booker will do without CP3 down the stretch. We might not see Chris Paul until the playoffs. We probably won't, quite frankly. I mean, why put him out there early? So just to be different, you know, I'm going to go with Devin Booker in terms of the momentum question, but simply because he's going to have to do it all. And I think he's the kind of guy that can rise to the occasion. This is his chance to really make the Suns his team without um, CP3. Imagine if you, imagine the Suns are able to hold on and, and, get that number one seed uh, in the playoffs, and then you have CP3, you know, pulling a, a Paul Pierce and getting up off the – oh, he's got a hurt arm, Paul Pierce, but, or uh, um, CP3, but you get my point. I mean, you know, I really – I like Devin – I really like Devin Booker. This is his chance to, to not just – to take it to the next stratosphere, to join that the likes of a, of, a, of a Steph Curry and a Giannis and even a Jokic. I think Embiid is, is, is right right about there. Um, in part, I think, because of his social media presence. I mean, let me ask you guys real quick, kind of a sidebar. Um, Barry, I want to start with you. I mean, do you do you what do you think of Joel Embiid's like Twitter antics? I mean, do you like do you do you like it? Is an unfair question, but does it take anything away or add anything to his character? I mean, I, I don't really think much of it. I don't follow him on Twitter. I really like. I don't really follow a lot of athletes on Twitter. I don't care what they do on Twitter, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I'll hear about it. I'll hear about it after the fact. Um, right. You know, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, at the end of the day, it's the – I could be that old, McCudgeon, like, kind of like, ah, these guys are talking too much. It's just the player today, right? Um, Kevin Durant's going to Kevin Durant. On, on Twitter, you know what I mean. So um, that's what they do. I, I just, you know what I mean. It's just a different day and age. So I don't really care about it that much. 
Yeah, no, it's actually kind of funny you say that. Yeah, it's like uh, you'll be the next um, – it, it's um, like Bill Belichick with uh, not knowing how to text. Um, let, let that be yeah, the only time I ever compare to the Belichick, right? Uh, but uh, yeah. serious, what do you, I'm curious. I mean, I know I know serious. You're very in tune with what's going on, and, and I, I do love that about you, uh, wherever you're from, uh, 703, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> What do you think of like Embiid's Twitter? Answer? I'm not gonna lie; I'm actually way more interested in your answer than Barry's because he's a villain. So, so to be honest with you, I, I love it. To be honest with you, because again, this is where the, the the world is. You know, this is where basketball and sports and and, and players and people live, um, as opposed to you know the, the grandpa fuddy duddy there in Connecticut. Um, I, I, I'm all in. You know. Um, now, I do understand. I do. I do wish that you know, KD is a guy who on Twitter, you know, who can pop off at the mouth when somebody claps back. He, he he's yelling foul. And I will say this: if you're going to go to social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is, and talk your stuff, you can't get upset and you know call foul when somebody claps back. You know what I'm saying? We. We, we we all sitting here. We all have a social media, and I know myself and Dylan, you know, on Clubhouse, you know, where you have access to all types types of fans, and people have access to you. Yeah, you, you can talk your stuff, but you got to be able to take you know take it back. And I think the biggest issue uh, with the social media is a lot of these players can't take it after somebody gives it to them. So. I'm cool with it though, man. Like, talk your stuff on social media. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, that kind of crossed over the NFL. You know, the whole Eli Apple and Kansas City Chiefs thing, and all. The, I, I, give me all of that in my veins right now. I, I need it all. Yeah, you know what it is. It's like the modern. Uh... It's like the modern drama where, where in yesteryear they would always talk about oh there's all this intensity on the on the court like you don't nobody hates anybody the same way like uh, that Reggie Miller hate that Knicks fans all have and rightfully so uh, that just doesn't really exist I mean even the Trey Young like fervor just seems like it's not quite there there's just no there's just nobody like that right now that's the closest way you can get to. Uh, to having it. And most of them beat stuff. I got to be honest. It seems like it's harmless. It's kind of silly. And, and I think the NBA needs, needs that, but I digress. I want to get back. I, I was really curious about what y'all thought of uh, Joel Embiid, but let's keep moving on as we look through and, uh, and put a ball on the first half of the year. Uh, you know, I, I, the NBA is a star league and, and I want to talk about young up and coming stars. Who do you think is the, you know the rookie of the year for uh, for the NBA. This time I want to start with uh, with you, Simmons. Who do you think is is the rookie of the year? And do you think there's much conversation about it? Uh, good question. Honestly, um, I mean, Kate is playing well. Um, I do like Cam Thomas out in Brooklyn. Um, Evan Mobley's playing well, but, you know, to, 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 to kind of not, you know, stir too much away and kind of, you know, give credit where credit's due. Kate Cunningham's playing exceptionally well, so I think it's his award to lose, um, you know, barring any injury or anything like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Cam or somebody like that comes in and takes it from them. But right now, I, I, I think it's going to be Kate Cunningham. Interesting. Uh, villain. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's Evan Mobley. Um, I, I don't, I don't think. I think Kate Cunningham's a nice pick, but I think looking at um, looking at the numbers with with Evan Mobley, um, you know, I, I, I just, I don't see how he cannot pick him. Um, and, and it's it, it's pretty easy. He's almost 15 points a game, not you know eight rebounds and almost three assists. Like I I, don't, I just you know what I mean. Like I I think I think you have to go with him. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm I'm kind of with you on that one, Barry. Uh, and it's not just that that Kate Cunningham has has you know elevated Detroit uh, and played well, but I think Evan Mobley has truly elevated that entire roster of Cleveland. I mean, look at where Cleveland is. I'm a, I'm a results guy. 
And all you got to do is look at the scoreboards. And I think that just is why I would go with, uh, with uh, Mobley as your, as your rookie of the year. Um, so other couple ones that are, that are interesting um, is are uh, the, the sixth man of the year and then coach of the year. But I'm going to start with the sixth man of the year. I always think this is the hardest one for me as a fan. And that's just, that's just sort of the way I watch basketball. I'm always a uh, focused. Like if I was building a team, I would have the five best starters and then sort of forget about my bench. And then when everybody got hurt, I'd be the worst GM in the league. But, uh, but Bill, let's start with you here. Is there anybody kind of that jumps out for you at the sixth man of the year? And if you guys want, I can try to, to find some odds for you on some of these, but um, you know, if, if there's anybody out there that specifically jumps um, off the page, but Dylan, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see the odds. Um, that would be actually kind of fun um, to throw those in there. Jordan Clarkson, you know, I feel like he always kind of gets thrown into that conversation. Um, looking at the candidates, I'd probably go with Tyler Hero, uh, 20 points off the bench. Uh, for a pretty good Miami Heat team. Now, really deep Miami team, too, right? So um, I would probably lean towards um, Tyler Hero um, shooting almost, what, 30, 38% from three. Uh, his numbers are pretty impressive off the bench. No, I um... – I, I've shown Hero as in, in in a couple of places, and I'm I'm just you know clicking around on the internet. It's a full website. I'm on VegasInsider.com has Hero as the favorite. Um, I, you know, what I think of, and and I love that I get to say this, and I I hope it's true. But Kevin Love uh, has been a really good player. Off, I mean, he is truly embraced as well. I mean. He, he was a core guy around LeBron at one point in his career, and now we're looking at him at six man of the year. But I feel like this six man of the year is a redemption rather than a, uh, rather than, than some kind of slight on him because he he took the role, he owned it, and again, like we were just talking about Evan Mobley. I mean, they they've really built a solid roster. But uh, but serious, what about you? Is there anybody that jumps out as a, as the first guy off the bench to be your uh, your your king of production? You know what? You took my Kevin Love pick. Um, I, I, I was about to nice. slide in with Kevin Love there. Um, I don't know if um, Anthony Simons will, will, will qualify um, because he's now the starter. Um, but when the season first started, you know, he was coming off the bench, obviously, with Damon CJ there. Um, so I'm not too sure what he will slide in. Uh, Kobe White for the Chicago Bulls comes to mind. And another guy who I kind of like personally as a UNC product, um, Jordan Poole from the um, from the Golden State Warriors now coming off the bench now that Clay Thompson is back in the fold. Um, so if I had to narrow it down, um, also Bobby Porter of the Milwaukee Bucks comes to mind as well. Obviously Clarkson from Utah. Um, kind of yeah, you know, cool. just every year. Um, I think I'm a, I, I think I'm gonna go pull so that he played uh, while Clay was working himself back into the rotation and back into the fold. Now that you know he's back to playing more of a full time basis and he goes to the bench and is able to kind of solidify that second unit. Um, he reminds me of a lot. Uh, the role that Sean Livingston used to play uh, back hmm. when the Golden State Warriors were first uh, all going around and winning championships and strengthening numbers and all that, um, you know, came out where he came in with Leandro Barbosa and Andre Godala and company, and that second unit was blowing cats out more like the first unit was. But Sean Livingston uh, was a big catalyst to that. Um, and so, Poole, I think, is going to slide into that role. And it wouldn't shock me, you know, just kind of, you know, taking away from Tyler Hero, you know, who's the obvious pick, and Kevin Love. But if Poole won it, it wouldn't come as a shock. And I think he's going to have the opportunity to, um, especially with the injury to, to, to the Phoenix Suns star, Chris Paul. If, if Golden State is able to climb from two up to that number one seed, I think Poole and company are going to have – um, something to say about that, especially if they keep doing this load management stuff uh, with Clay Thompson. 
that's a good point on the load management part with Clay Thompson. I didn't really, I got to admit, I didn't think of that part and, and how that would impact uh, his, his play on the court. But let's move on um, and uh, talk about defense, which I, I, defense wins championships, right? doesn't matter the sport. So uh, let's talk about defensive play of these. I'm going to go first on this one, and I'm just going to be, I think, almost lazy, uh, and, and I'm going to say Rudy Gobert. Um, I mean, you, you know, out in Utah, you need you need defense for the rest of the roster, um, and he does it, and he does it well. I mean, he's so consistent to a point where it's almost uh, it's almost not exciting without what a good defensive player is. Um, I mean, you've got you know, you got Donovan Mitchell out there kind of running the floor, and you got Rudy Gobert on the other side. Uh, I mean, it's a well-constructed roster, I, I have to admit. I think they've got the right guys. But Rudy Gobert completely owns the center of the court when Utah's playing. Um, so that's my, my pick for defensive uh, player of the year. Uh, Villain, who do you think was the uh, DPOY? Um, you know, honestly, the, I think the Jazz defense has kind of slipped a little bit. Um, Rudy Gobert is, is the easy choice. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do what I don't like doing, and uh, giving know. giving this guy uh, some credit. I'm gonna go know. with Draymond Green. I'm gonna go with Draymond Green. Um, I think they're probably the best team defense in Golden State. Um, I think they're just they're, they have what I read was like they have the best defensive rating since uh, the Spurs in 2016. And Jesus. obviously the catalyst of that, yeah, the catalyst of that is, is Draymond Green. You can see when he's not on the court and he's been hurt for a little bit, um, how that defense slips. Their defense has kind of gone the other way. I think they were giving up, I want to say it was like one, uh, 102, 103 points a game. Now they're like they were during when he was out that stretch when they kind of started to falter a little bit. I think they were getting out one fourteen. So um, yeah, he's he's the anchor. He 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 sets the offense and he definitely sets the tone on defense. So I got to give him some credit. I think you get that defensive player of the year. Now, before we get to serious, uh, you brought up an anchor, and I want to remind you all that the anchor of the show is PHI Apparel Company. Uh, the, cap, the crossover cafe is brought to you by the PHI. I see what you did there. Apparel company. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. That's that's a business secret, right? Is uh, a good transition. And uh, speaking of good transitions, Ben Simmons is no longer uh, a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. But for the uh, great fans of Philly, you can transition into some cool apparel by the PHI Apparel Co. Make sure you go to phiapparel.co and use promo code CHEFS. That's C H E F S for 15% off any apparel. Um, and uh, feel free to check out that Joel and James shirt. I mean, I, 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 as a Nets fan, I'm supposed to hate these guys, but that's a, that's a pretty cool-looking shirt. Um, speaking of things that are pretty cool, I want to get to uh, Simmons' pretty cool defensive player of the year pick. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of going second because every time I go second, somebody takes my answers. But here's what I think about the, 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 the Draymond Green pick. I, I like it, but – I want to kind of, you know, kind of, kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. Um, and it's very rare that guards, you know, win this award. I mean, Gary Payton won it many, many years ago. But for me, you know, again, if it's not Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green, you know, obviously Giannis was in the conversation. But I want to talk about Giannis's teammate in Drew Holiday. What he does on the defensive side of the ball to opposing guards is spectacular. Mm. And, you know, we, 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 we saw what he did last year in the NBA Finals, kind of taking, you know, uh, Devin Booker out of the, uh, out of the equation. Um, he jumps on the plane, goes over to the Olympics, and kind of is a defensive stopper there. But what he does from the guard position is really reminiscent on what, you know, Gary Payton did back in yesteryear. Um, and so I'm a guard. I play the position. I, I got to get my guards love. So 
Jimmy Drew Holiday, man, as a potential candidate for defensive player of the year? I, that's a good one. I, I didn't. I can't say I would have. Uh, I would have gone with that one, um, or I would have even thought of that. So that's credit to you for for calling that one out. Now, all right, because I'm a great guy, uh, serious. I'm gonna let you lead off uh, the pick for coaches. I know I like you. So I, I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna bite my tongue with who I thought in case you take it. So uh, take it away. Who do you think is the coach of the year so far? Wow. Um, for me, it's going to come down to one of three things, um, team record, um, and, and, and kind of where I foresee this team going um, in, in the future. Um, and when you look at it all, Billy Donovan comes to mind. Um, I think mm. what he is doing right now um, for that Bulls team – it kind of, you know, directing them and getting them to to, to play this type of basketball, spectacular. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to be the dead horse. For for me, it came down to Billy Donovan and, and Jason Kidd. Um, and I, I, I got to go with the team with the better record and with the with MVP candidate front runner who, when we started looking at the season, didn't the Rosen. Uh, in this position, I think that's a testament to the team and the team defense that is built on them. So give me Billy Donovan. Yeah, now I know why you hate going uh, going at anything after first because that was going to be mine. So let's just skip me and let's go right to uh, to the villain. Villain, who is your coach of the year? So I like the Billy Donovan pick. One guy that I think doesn't get enough credit for being a really great coach, an all-time coach, is Eric Spolstra. Um, Damn it, Barry. He's done it in Miami is great, but my coach of the year has to be Taylor Jenkins. It has to be. Is that I Tom Thibodeau? Is that Tim? No. I mean, <laughs> you look at what you look at what um, who coaches the Rockets again? Um, you look at what. So listen, the the, the Grizzlies are are doing a, a tremendous job. You know, you know what? And I gotta be fair. I would probably have a co. I would have two coaches, right? Taylor Jenkins and Bickerstaff. I mean, Cleveland and Grizzlies are the two Knicks of the, of this year. I think the Grizzlies, because of John Morant, will probably give Taylor Jenkins that edge. Bickerstaff's done a great job in Cleveland. I mean, I think Sirius and I we've talked about. It. You can't say enough about how how well Cleveland is playing, but you look at what the Grizzlies they got, they rode that momentum kind of like. Uh, Monty Williams and uh, the Suns did out of the bubble, right? The, the the Grizzlies got that win in the play-in, got that little taste of playoff, and then they've taken off this year. They made that big trade that we all thought was kind of crazy at the time, but that trade for Steven Adams, it, it is really – I don't know. It's just kind of stabilized that inside, and it's a heck of a, it's a, heck of a team. Um, and, and a guy that nobody really – if you ask most people who coached the, the Grizzlies, they wouldn't tell you. But Jenkins, i got to give him credit. He's done a phenomenal job this year. And this is a dangerous, dangerous Grizzlies team. Well, I hate to put a, a damper on your Grizzlies chat there, Barry, but I just got a uh, an update from Woj via uh, Tim Bontemps that John Morant has just pulled up and grabbed his upper hamstring. Uh, so he's uh, walking under his power, but slowly, uh, again, according to Tim Bontemps, uh, students on Twitter. But anything that is uh, not good for John Morant is not good for Memphis. So uh, that's something for, uh, I'm sure, all of us to keep an eye on. Because I, I think as, as Morant goes, so does Memphis, and so does Taylor Jenkins, uh, Coach of the Year, opportunity. My original answer, by the way, was going to be Billy Donovan. And my second answer, which I guess you didn't go with, Barry, was going to be Spolstra. Because, I mean, nobody, again, I, I in all my chatter with, with my friends and then with you guys, nobody really seems to be afraid of Miami, but they're still there. And the team fights hard. They play hard. And, and I think that there's just something to be said for that, as opposed to a lot of teams that I feel like just nail it in. But you can always, any single night, you can count on Miami um, putting up a fight. So so that's going to be 
um, my pick for that one. And then, um, you know, I, I, I think I don't want to waste time on this one. So, you know, I'm just going to say the most improved player, it has to be John Moran, right? Is there anybody else? Uh, uh, you know, I'll go back to you serious. So that way we don't, you know, it's two in a row. We're letting you go first. Uh, is there any, <laughs> anybody else you could even see for an, for a most improved player? Um, I'm searching. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna waste anybody's time with that. Yeah, I mean, Jaw comes to mind. You could say, yeah, I think, no, John Moran. He's John Moran. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, I say John Morant shouldn't get the most improved player because he was what? already good. He was already what good. A psychopath. I mean, I just – he was already a good player. So, I mean, if he he was a really good player, and wasn't he an all-star last year, Serious? Was he an all-star last year? No, he wasn't an all-star. He got snubbed. Okay. All right. But, I mean, I think he was pretty close. But I, I think he was already good. I, if, I, if I'm looking, I'm, I think, I think um, Miles Bridges probably should get the nod. Um, I think Ja is – more in the MVP uh, talk than he is in the most improved. Miles um, Bridges just under 20 points a game this year, seven rebounds, just under, uh, just over three assists. So, I, I think he's probably, I think he's having he kind of cooled off a little bit uh, after his hot start. He was really on a, off to a really good start this season, but um, I, I just I want to go against the grain because I just don't. I just think John Morant is so good that I don't think he deserves. He's a, like improved from what? You know what I mean? Like he wasn't a bum last year, so. <laughs> oh, listen, that's that's great. <laughs> Barry wants to go against the grain. That's fun. Um, oh, don't right, be guys, we're, jealousy, we're... jealousy. <laughs> All right, we're 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 close to winding it up on uh, uh, this show, uh, and as always, I'm like, I don't know how we're gonna fill an hour. I'm gonna start talking to you guys. There it goes. So let's take a little bit to look forward uh, of, of the rest of the season. Um, you know, is there any any team that you think, if you could pick a dark horse team that's right now not towards the top, not one of those teams that we talk about all the time, so let's leave out the Sixers, let's leave out the Nets, even though they're sitting there at eight. But you know what I mean. You know, no, leave out the Suns and the Warriors in the West. Is there somebody that you think could kind of come out and really make a run at the title down the stretch? Uh, Simmons, I've been nice to you so far, but i got to give my guy, Villain, uh, a chance to go. So, Villain, you tell me, who do you think could be a dark horse in, in both the East and the West? I mean, I don't know if it's like a dark horse, but I think with the restrictions coming up, um, should be lifted pretty soon. Uh, I think your Nets wow. are probably the most dangerous team in the East. Um, I, I, I like the, the Sixers because of that one-two combination is pretty darn good. Um, I think Cleveland's not going anywhere. I think the Bulls and the Heat are really good. But I think when if they get all three pieces together, I think I, and it's, we've been talking about it. It's about the fit, and I really like the fit of Ben Simmons uh, with – you know, making plays for and kicking it to Kevin Durant as opposed to trying to kick it to Embiid, who's not a shooter like that. So um, I like the Nets. Out in the West, if I had to pick a dark horse, I would probably lean more towards – and I was thinking about this. It's It's, it's not a sexy pick. I, I You know, I kind of – but I think – I think the Mavericks, to be honest with you. I think I think Luka Doncic is, is taking a lot of criticism for being coming into camp out of shape. He took it to heart. He's lost about 15 some odd pounds. His numbers have gone up to, to, to his usual standards, right, um, averaging just under 30 points a game. Um, you know, I think – now, I don't, do I think that Mavericks team has what it takes to make a serious run? No, but I think – Finally, getting um, getting away from that that one-two combo that wasn't working with KP with Porzingis and, and Luca, getting another ball hander in, in Dinwiddie, I think is a good move for them. I think they're dangerous. I think they're dangerous. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to hard to argue with that. Um, uh, serious, who who do you see as somebody that could potentially kind of come out of nowhere or um, surpri- surprise some teams, or maybe even play spoiler to some teams? Okay, so I want to look at the bottom half of the Eastern Conference. You guys, the, you got the Hornets, the Hawks, the Wizards, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Pistons, and the Magic. Okay, so if you, all intents and purposes, expect Toronto to to kind of stay where they're at, I think Boston, will, mm-hmm. you know, will climb a little bit. You know, the Cavs or whatever case it be. The one team that comes to mind was the team that was the, the Cinderella from last year, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. You know, I, I think if they're wow. able to get themselves right, you know, they're they're sitting right now at the 10 seed at 28 and 30. If they're able to get themselves right and find themselves in a matchup, um, you know, we could potentially see them going a little bit of a run here. If you flip flip it to the to the Western Conference, um, the Lakers are at, at 9 seed right now at 27-31. I don't expect the Blazers to do anything. I expect them to kind of bottom out, if you will. Um, the Spurs, the Pelicans, Kings, Thunder, and, of course, my Rockets are at 15 and 43. Uh, so for all intents and purposes, you got to look at the 7th, 8th, and ninth seed. Um, and the Clippers and the Lakers are kind of the two teams I, that, that we're all looking forward to seeing what they do when their stars come back. Keep in mind, this L.A. Clippers team has been playing without Paul uh, Paul George, playing without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, the Lakers team, uh, once again, are without Anthony Davis for a good portion of these last 23-some-odd games. Are they going to be players in, in the buyout market to kind of get somebody in there to kind of get them out of this playing, playing game? Uh, do the Denver right. Nuggets fall back? We have we haven't really seen the likes of the Jamal Murray all year, so so what's going on there? Um, but if I was going to pick a team out of the Western Conference to kind of get themselves right and go on a magical run, it would be the LA Clippers, and in the Eastern Conference, it would be the Atlanta Hawks. I like that Hawks pick. That's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, I got to say in the in the East, I. I don't know if this technically qualifies. Uh, and this goes back to uh, when we were talking about who's got the momentum coming into the second half. But I actually, I think the Celtics figured it out. Their last 10 games are nine and one and they're not cheap. wins. I mean, right now they're, they're crushing the nets. I'm looking at the clock right now. It's three minutes and Boston's up 122 <clears throat> to 95. It, that game's over. Uh, meanwhile, Atlanta's tied with, uh, with with Chicago, and Memphis and Minnesota are in one-point games. Phoenix and Oklahoma City are somehow close. I don't quite understand that, but whatever. Um, but, if, yeah, if you really look at what the Celtics have done, their only loss recently was a one-point loss to the Pistons last uh, in their last matchup. Uh, but they, they, they haven't – they just don't get blown out. And I think the Celtics are going to sneak in um, into a lot of people's minds, uh, and they're going to win a series that they're not supposed to. I mean, I hate to say it, but they're going to knock somebody good out of the playoffs that we're not expecting. Um, so that's, that's my pick there. And, and you know what? There's just something I re- – I don't know what it is, but, but there's something I really like about the Nuggets. Um, I think any team, anytime you've got a guy like Jokic out there – who has such a, uh, uh, an all-around and great skill set that can elevate a team, and he knows how to do it. Uh, I also see them as the kind of team that could go out there and play uh, play a little bit of spoiler. Just before we call it a night, though, um, I just want to point out one thing. I don't know if you guys know this or, or have, have heard this before, but LaMarcus Aldridge and Kevin Durant were both selected second overall. Uh, uh, Griffin, Blake Griffin, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons are all first overall picks. So that's five players on the Nets, like like big rotation, that were all first or second overall picks. That's it. It's all first and second overall picks. It's ridiculous. So man, that's it. Sounds like the all potential. It sounds like something somebody would do in like you know two K, putting a roster together. So man, I I I hope we can put it together as a Nets fan. I gotta just get that little bit in there. Um, Barry, I uh, just want to say you're welcome. Um, because I made you not bring up the New York Knicks this week. Uh, I've done that to you every week. Um, so I will, uh, I, I will accept any praise you want to give me for not doing that to you this week. But 
Uh, Villain, I want to hear from you, kind of give your final thoughts of the week, um, and then uh, pass it over to uh, to Simmons, and then we'll call it a uh, night. Yeah, um, Nick still stink. Um, don't 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 <laughs> confuse. Um, uh, Kemba Walker shutting it down. He doesn't want to take a buyout. What the hell is going on in New York? But um, it'll be interesting. A lot of headlines in, in um, a lot of. Uh, I guess you can say storylines to kind of keep an eye on is what we'll we'll pay attention to the last uh, 23, 24 games of the season. Can the Lakers make a run uh, without AD? Um, you know, how the Suns are going to fare without um, Chris Paul. I think the Suns will be fine. I think Monty Williams is a hell of a coach. I think if anybody can figure it out, it's him. Uh, the Nets, obviously, mm-hmm. and the Sixers, how, how the, that trade is going to work out. Um it, it, and I, I've I've seen it today with uh, Danny Green's comments, um, you know about about Ben Simmons. I think it would be a huge mistake for him to make his first game to debut in, in Philadelphia. They will eat him alive. Oh, but um, it's going to be fun down the stretch. Um, you know, crossover cafe doesn't talk NBA all the time. It's college basketball, so we got the college basketball uh, tournaments coming up. Where Sports City Chefs and Barbershop are going to collab. And do a, a bracket, ten dollar bracket. So um, be on the lookout for that. Um, it's unlimited buy-in. So pass it around to your friends, villains, and and, and, and countrymen. Uh, serious. Always good doing a show with you. Can't wait to do some football talk with you. Got a lot of free agency stuff to talk about, quarterbacks and all that stuff. So the NFL free for all uh, will be back on next week. Um, listen, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you, Villain. And uh, uh, Sirius, sign it off, and then uh, I'll, I'll call it a night. Yo, man, it's your boy, Sirius Rapper, now 412 and the 703, man. Such a pleasure to be here with you guys on another edition of the Crossover Cafe, man. Like Barry alluded to, definitely check us out on uh, Tuesdays. Uh, we're transitioning out of wrap-up show to free agent and, and, and off-season stuff, man. So we're going to talk about all 32 teams the combine for the NFL does start on Tuesday of next week, so we're going to cover that wall to wall as best as possible. Um, kind of getting the folks ready for uh, free agency and kind of placing teams um, and, and, and positions that kind of go after guys and kind of seeing what we do as far as that's concerned. Like Barry alluded to, man, check out uh, Clubhouse, man, uh, the barbershop. If you like the content that you hear. Uh, on, on our network here at Sports City, you definitely love the content that um, is over there as well. Myself and Barry, obviously T.P. Thomas, Mr. Harvey, and a bunch of other of us that, that contribute here to Sports City are also contributing over there with, with Clubhouse and, and the barbershop. So definitely check that out. Uh, shout out to PHI Apparel uh, for our sponsorship, and definitely go check out as much merchandise over there as possible. My wife is an Eagles fan, so I'm definitely going to have to hit them up and get some Eagles stuff for, 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 for the missus. But that being said, it's been a pleasure, man. Talk to you guys on the flip side. Always good, Sirius. Always good, Dylan. I had a blast doing it with you, as always. Make sure you check us out at www.sportcitychefs.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Sports City Chefs. Uh, I, I personally, uh, I know we're all talking about our shows that we do here. I am hoping uh, we get baseball season back in the swing of things. Um, I did see that they punted the deadline by a day, so maybe there is some hope that we'll get a baseball season in. And if we do, uh, I hope my boy Nate will be back uh, doing the baseball buffet with me. But that remains to be seen. Um, but thank you for joining us here on the Crossover Cafe. Once again, we have been brought to you by the PHI Apparel Company. Make sure you go to phiapparel.co. Check out that Joel and James shirt that I've been hyping up all night. Uh, everyone else, have a great night. And I have said enough for a lifetime. And for the last time, I wish you all a very pleasant, good afternoon.
Connecticut. Uh. 